United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. United States of Lead, a podcast about the history of lead poisoning. Today, we are joined by Caitlin Sontag. So if you don't mind just introducing yourself for our listeners. I am Caitlin Sontag. I am a Chicago mother of three boys, two of which were actually poisoned by lead. Okay, so you are also from Chicago. Correct. Prior to your experience with your children being poisoned, what was your knowledge of lead poisoning? Virtually nothing at all. Unfortunately, it's more of, you know, the running joke. Oh, don't eat paint chips, you know, things like that. And so that was pretty much the extent of what I knew. You know, I knew that I had signed lead forms at a few of our our homes, not the home that eventually poisoned my children. But yeah, I mean, it was just something that I figured didn't really matter anymore. Yeah, it seemed like it was a thing in the past. Absolutely. Yep. Now, are you a Chicago native as well? Actually, I was born and raised in Indianapolis. The boy's dad is a Chicago native. And so we decided on Chicago um, when, you know, deciding where to raise our kids. And unfortunately, we had no idea of all of the unfortunate risks that are here. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely been a journey through all of this. And if you don't mind just going through the events that led to you discovering this? Absolutely. So we moved into our apartment in December of 2014. We had three small children. I was actually the full-time caregiver of my landlord's children. And we needed to move out of our home. Our landlord said, hey, you know, we really don't want to lose you as, you know, the kiddo's nanny. We do have a third floor apartment. It's got three bedrooms. You guys are more than welcome to move in if you would like. Absolutely. Sounds great. The house we were renting, unfortunately, had gone into foreclosure and we just were kind of struggling to find a place for our family. So we moved in. We lived there for about three months and we noticed that our two-year-old Jackson, he was having a lot of hearing issues. He wasn't talking and we began to try to figure out what was going on. So at that point, his pediatrician preparing for actually tube surgery asked for some lab work. That is how we actually figured out that he had an elevated level of metal in his blood. And it quickly rose from the high teens to almost 30. We had only lived at this apartment for less than three months when he had a lead level of 29 in less than three months. And 
the sad thing is, is now we know exactly the day that he was poisoned. February of 2015, he was eating snow out of our windowsill. Oh my God. No idea that he was also eating lead paint chips. I can't even imagine. Yep. We had no clue. But the thing is, is the county came out. They did a thorough inspection of our home. They sat us down, talked to us about how to avoid chipping Teflon in our pans, avoiding cooking out of canned foods, you know, use cold water. They were sitting with the thorough record inspection of our home that stated there was lead here, there was lead here, there was lead here all throughout our home. And they never told us. And but it was all pointed at you. This is what you have. That's to what do. I'm going to say. This I'm like, a... not the manufacturer of, of the Teflon the pan yeah. or the can. Exactly. But paint was never mentioned. We were not notified that there was lead paint in our home until my son, my second son was hospitalized over a year later. Do you mind me asking what was their level? Marshall was hospitalized with a lead level of 59. So it doubled from Jackson. Marshall's doubled since we didn't know that we were yes. living in poison. Yeah. We not only continued to live in this home, but we paid to live. Yes. Yeah. That poisoned not one, but two of my children. Uh, that is such a failure. I can't even exactly wrap my head around, especially because that seems to be the go-to is the paint generally when people are trying to bring yep. this issue up. And we were never notified. So Jackson's levels <sighs> dropped on their own because we are pretty sure, obviously you can be poisoned in a, in a number of ways. Yeah. We're pretty sure that he was poisoned in this one particular incident. He wasn't a child who put things in his mouth, whereas Marshall had pica. So we lived there for a whole other year. And in the beginning of 2016, we began to notice that Marshall was eating a lot of non-food items. He would grab a handful of dirt and put it in his mouth. We would catch him with a rock in his mouth. And the number one thing that he was eating was fuzz. This was his lovey, his favorite thing in the world. And he would pick off pieces of yarn and eat it. So I took him to the pediatrician and I said, you know, there's something going on. The pediatrician recommended that we get a jar and we encourage him to put these non-food items in this jar instead of in his mouth. So they didn't even suggest doing a test. Mm -mm. It wasn't until I threw a fit and I said, hey, like he's two. This isn't working. He's not. Yeah, you tell your two-year-old to put this stuff in a jar. That's going to. Exactly. Yeah. And reward him for it. And I'm like, okay, this isn't working. And so at that point, they did lab work to see if he was anemic. He was. That test showed that he had an elevated metal in his blood. At but they weren't point, necessarily looking for that when they did that. No, not at all. How much did you have to like put your foot in the door? Well, I mean, eventually when the landlord was faced with having to fix these issues, she stated she had done her research and children have pica because of malnourishment. So can be a reason. You know what I mean? That that. Can it can be, be. That's absolutely not the end all be all cause now keep in mind this that. woman had trusted me with her children for three years at this point yeah but now suddenly i'm malnourishing my child but that conversation looked like is there another doctor that i can speak with about mm -hmm. this because i just don't know if that's the best route to go for this and we did speak with another doctor and she immediately said let's do some lab work and see what's going on 
and his levels were already in the upper 20s at this point. And so they said, hey, you know, let's let's go ahead and do an x-ray because we just want to make sure that he hasn't eaten a battery. That's initially what they had thought is that he had eaten a small button sized battery. The x-ray showed he had paint chips throughout his intestines. Oh, my God. That was horrifying to see that he was actually... And I can send this to you, but yeah, he was. Okay. Well, I got it now. Yeah. He was eating lead paints and the county came back in. The first question that they asked was, why hasn't this been fixed? And I said, what? What Wait, to you? To you? And because this was a different investigator. Sure. Still pointing the finger at you. Yes. Why hasn't this been fixed? And I said, well, what? He pulled out the report from 2015 and said, there's lead paint throughout this home. And oh, wait. Said, so your landlord then knew. The landlord was notified in 2015. Did not tell us. This was your reveal. Oh, my good. Oh, this my was God. how we found out. And the investigator that came in 2016 stopped, shook his head and said, wow, we really dropped the ball on this one. Oh, my Lord. I have been told that I cannot go after the county because they are protected by governmental immunity. Of course. Oh, and then at that point, because Marshall had then been hospitalized. Yeah. My landlord evicted us. It was thrown out, but it's still public record. If you look up my husband's name and I, it is public record that we went through the eviction process. Which then affects your ability to. We were homeless. Yeah. We were homeless for a year. My children slept on a floor at family's house. It was almost a year that we could not find another home until we began working with the media and our local news Mm -hmm. was covering it. Did you just keep calling somebody? I email, Twitter. Uh Keep in mind, this was 2016. This was pre-TikTok. But yeah, Twitter, Facebook, emails, every, Mm -hmm. and still I email once or twice a week. I email, you know, anybody and everybody who might want to hear our story. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a year in between my son's poisoning. It has now been seven years since my children were poisoned. And a little boy here in Chicago just had a lead level of 76. Oh, my Lord. My son had a lead level of 60. Yeah. Hearing that really lit a fire under us that we have to make a change. And you have to keep... Yeah. Amplifying it. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing that people say when they hear that this is going on is, well, that's still going on. The effects of lead poisoning are irreversible. And unfortunately, sometimes take years to become a parent. And that's where we're at. Marshall is showing more and more symptoms with each passing day. Everything that they've warned us about you know, he's going to be impulsive. He's going to be aggressive. He is going to struggle with controlling his emotions, anger management, all of those things. Marshall struggles with every single day. We're going to jump back to this, but I want to go back to the doctor who was going to put the tubes in the ear. Is that normal to do those tests that they advocated for before that prior to? I don't know if it's normal or not, but looking back, I wish I had known that exposure to lead in high amounts can drastically impact hearing, speech. Yeah, it seems out of routine to test before, you know. So, I mean, thank God it did. Yeah. But it just seems not. It was just lab work, I guess. Yeah. To see what was going on in his blood. And that thankfully, because it's horrifying to think about, especially with Marshall, had we not tested 
exactly when we did, how high would it have gone? There were paint chips the size of Doritos in our home. Oh my Lord. It's in the soil. My kids played in this yard every day. This past week, we actually, we did an interview with a man who has been studying for about, I think, 20 to 30 years, he said, and specifically soil. He asserts that that is the actual number one problem. Mm -hmm. And nobody's even, we talk about paint, we talk about water, but we do not talk about soil. And he says that it's actually like the thing we need to be talking about. Oh yeah. This was my garage. And I don't know if you're familiar with how Chicago layouts, there's your house, there's your yard, and there's the garage. So that Mm -hmm. garage was right where my children played on a daily basis where Marshall was picking up rocks. And well, and pike and eating dirt and yep. Mm-hmm. And now that we know, let is sweet. So yep. yeah, he would sit in this window mm. and I had no idea. And why should you? Why should I? And yeah. people will say things like, well, you were letting him eat lead paint chips. This was my window. You know, it wasn't like there were paint, you know, you can just scoop up a hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I tried just touching lead paint and then putting your hands in and around your mouth is enough to poison you. Inhaling lead dust is mm-hmm. enough to poison you. A piece of lead paint the size of a single grain of rice is enough to poison you. Mm-hmm. And it was throughout my entire home. Marshall's room was one of the highest in the entire home. Marshall's room, where I thought I had created a safe place for my toddler to be able yes, to yeah. have his bed, you know, be safe in this room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that he was being poisoned on a daily basis. Why do you think that there's so much like hesitancy in this test? That's what I keep hearing is that a part it's of, a like, finger picture, prick. Why are we not? Just... Why don't we do picture like we do picture day? We can't start oh, like like uh, uh, a preschool without MMR shots. Like, I just don't understand why we're not doing this. I can tell you exactly why. <laughs> because lead was banned in 1978. Oh, because we've solved the problem. <laughs> oh, it was gone. Racism, so, sexism, you know, and, yeah. if, if your child is lead poisoned, it's because you haven't done your parent as a job. You're obviously living in filth. You're living in poverty, you know, and I ran a daycare out of my home. Yeah. There were not only the landlord's children and my children, but on any given day, there were no less than six to seven children in my home, sometimes as many as nine. So why wasn't the county assessment just shared with every single stakeholder? Like why why was it emailed or mailed or whatever we had back in yep. to like it was mailed yeah. to the landlord's home because she doesn't live on the property. But oh. why wasn't like okay, I'm acknowledging that like right. We were not CC'd on it until Marshall was hospitalized. I was not notified. Over a year later. Yeah. Keep in mind, this home is still open. Children still live at this home. This woman never paid a penny of my child's medical bills. She took us to court. County? What? Yes, she took us to court to evict us. A whole court hearing. It lasted for months. We didn't pay rent from the time that he was hospitalized until the time that he moved out. And it wasn't even like we were, you. It wasn't like that. We We didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And honestly, at that point, my husband and his father came in, you know, we vacuumed all of the windowsills. Mm-hmm. We scrubbed it out. Like we were trying to make our home. This was our home. You thought that, yeah. Mm-hmm. We thought that we could fix yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
you were being told to fix it. Well, you were being told that you have to on your own. So what yep. are you going to do? And then the county came in in 2016 and they were like, absolutely not. Don't touch any of this. Like, no, right. this isn't, right, right, right. you're not allowed to at this point. And so that's when the landlord said, you know, I have no other choice but to shut down the top floor apartment. I guess I understand that. Okay, fine. But why would you go through with having the sheriff serve us with papers, take us to court, have it yeah. public record? Yeah, she it, she needed to to Darvo. So yeah. we we discussed this tactic called Darvo a lot, and it's deny, attack, reverse victim and offender. By her reversing who the real victim is in this, that's a legal way for people to get out of things. Yeah, and unfortunately, but, it's very effective. It is. It almost worked out in our favor though, because we didn't have a lease because we were, we were family friends, keep in mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we didn't sign a lease. So mm-hmm. for us to pursue a, um, any type of case against her, it mm-hmm. would have been very difficult to prove that we were in fact tenants. We did in fact pay to live there, but mm-hmm. because she evicted us, she was stated that, made it. that yeah. we were tenants. Yep. So that is the proof that we need that actually helps us in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Um, but finding a lawyer to take on a case where her homeowner's insurance does not cover lead-based paint, mm-hmm. um, finding right. someone, I don't understand why the county isn't being held responsible. I cannot wrap my mind around hey, it. The, like when they came out there, is that a service that they charge you for? I'm Fingers no. crossed. Okay. Thank God. No. Thank God. The thing is, is because when you have, when a child has a lead level over 10, this okay. is mandatory. I didn't have a choice in the matter. They had to come out to do this inspection. Had I said, no, you cannot come in. They could have gone after me for medical negligence. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I had to fully, co- and obviously, why would I? Why would you not? But yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm yeah. just so glad they didn't like charge. Yeah. Like you didn't get a bill know. eight months later saying. I don't know if they charged the landlord for it, but because we were tenants, we. That we could explain the, the eviction retaliation. Oh, um, and- what she said to us on more than one time was, you don't understand the gravity of this situation. And <laughs> you uh, don't understand the gravity of this situation. Like, My child, children are brain damaged. Yeah. I'm now, this sorry. came from the same house, right? Both of them. Both children. The okay. Okay. I just want to make sure that yep. I got that. Yep. And forgive me for not really caring how much money it was going to cost you. Yeah. I just, I can't muster that in me to care because my child is in a partial hospitalization program for the second time this year because he struggles so much because of the damage that this woman caused. My child has ADHD. He has a severe mood dysregulation disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're trying to figure out what medications are best for him. Mm -hmm. The fact that no one has been held accountable or responsible you have, but yeah, exactly. I mean, you know I, what I mean, like you're yeah. the one responsible. But yeah, obviously it was my fault because of I was feeding it to him with a spoon, I guess. I don't know. These situations, I mean, because no matter what, we as parents think this idea of, well, we, what could I have done differently? Yep. And, you know, it's interesting because your story is a little similar to how I got into the apartment that exposed my daughter to high lead levels. We had nowhere to go. It was either move in with my mom or move into this rental place that my uncle had. And so I took that and it was in Milwaukee, which didn't even know that Milwaukee's 
in the top five of worst. Again, lead poisoning was okay if you eat a paint chip or you drink the water. (laughs) We only drank bottled water. Even I drank before even having a child, I only drank bottled water, but I'm a water snob. I get it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's funny too. One of my uncles, he says he's a water snob too, but never did I hear anything about dust or soil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Take home exposure. I'd never, never thought twice about take home exposure. Oh yeah. The factor of taking your shoes off. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. And I never thought twice. I mean, I had kids. Yeah. Come inside. Just get in the house. Please get in the house. In the house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I never thought twice about it at all. Can I ask, did you ever struggle with any guilt for oh I still do well my thing was is obviously I my child but you know when this all started happening I struggled with feeling so badly because the land she had given me a place to live and I didn't want to bring all of this to her and I I felt so badly because we would have you know God knows where we would have lived had she not opened the oh home. the guilt of that person yes giving you a place um Finally, someone said to me though if I invite you over to my house for dinner yeah and mm-hmm. I offer you rotten meat and you get sick. Are you allowed to be upset with me? Because I knew that the meat that I was going to offer you was rotten. Yes. Yes. I didn't tell you. Yeah. Even if you didn't, it's still my fault. I should feel really sad about feeding people I've invited to my home. And not just one. Yeah. Two. Yeah. I went to the- And then we, well, then we can get to the USDA Mm -hmm. for allowing the contaminated meat to even get to the store, you know, like that. So it's like, there's- there's so many levels to this yep. too, where, I mean, point blank, this shouldn't even be something that we have to address because the lead paint, there's this idea that it doesn't exist, but clearly it does exist. And I, there's I no know. reason why it should be a thought. I guess people think that simply outlawing something is enough to make it go away. Like it went away. Yeah. It just disappeared. They, they made a law. And so all of the paint just disappeared off the yeah. face of the earth. No, yeah. this is going to take money to fix it. And that is, I, I know you guys have talked about this quite a bit. Yeah. It all boils down to mm-hmm. money, money. Mm-hmm. That is all the time we have for this week's episode of United States of Lead. Tune in next week for part two of our interview with Caitlin Sontag. In the meantime, check out the links in the episode description for more information on Caitlin and Marshall's mission to spread awareness of lead poisoning and lead exposure. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you all next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning, We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.